Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be covering the disappearance of Kayla Berg in Antigo, Wisconsin. Antigo is an idyllic little town in northeast Wisconsin. With a population of just over 8,000, it's a small, quiet place where everyone knows everyone, and nothing much happens. The area is known for its rich soil, so it's no surprise that there are miles and miles of farmland. And if you happen to ask a local, Idaho potatoes have nothing on those grown in Antigo. It's a perfect place to raise a family. So how did a 15-year-old girl go missing from Antigo without a trace? In 2009, Kayla May Berg was a 15-year-old sophomore at Antigo High School. She was a gymnast who loved competing on the high school gymnastics team. Kayla's mother, Hope, spoke to Dateline. Kayla was sweet and kind-hearted. She talked to everybody. It didn't matter the click. She had dreams of becoming a choreographer. She was energetic on both the dance and gymnastics team. According to NBC News, Kayla's mother, Hope, had separated from Kayla's father, Jim, when she was just a toddler. And since that time, Hope and Jim had a custody agreement, but didn't want to make things harder on Kayla and her older brother, Jimmy, especially since Jim had been diagnosed with cancer not long after the separation. So they maintained an open-door policy when it came to the kids. If they were at Hope's and they wanted to see Jim, the arrangements would be made, and vice versa. Hope was originally from Texas. It's where she grew up. So in June of 2009, she found herself struggling in Antigo. There weren't many jobs and she wanted a fresh start. So at the urging of family in Texas, she packed up her things. Jimmy and Kayla were given the option. They could stay in Antigo with their dad or come and try to make it in Texas with their mom. And while there is some discrepancy in reporting on whether or not Jimmy chose to stay or go, Kayla did decide to give Texas a chance. She loaded up with her mom and they headed south. 
But after being in Texas just a short time, Hope realized that it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, especially after Hope and Kayla realized the local high school did not have a gymnastics team. Kayla missed her friends and her dad, and Hope struggled to get back on her feet. So they chalked it up as a loss and headed back to Antigo. They arrived back in Wisconsin on August 2nd, 2009. Just nine days after their arrival, Kayla Mayberg would disappear without a trace. What happened in those nine days? And where could Kayla be? How had things gone wrong so quickly? Kayla was excited to be back in Antigo. She was a Wisconsin girl through and through. She and her brother Jimmy were raised there and had so many friends. Their roots were deep, and Kayla had missed the small, sleepy town she grew up in. Once they arrived back, Hope was staying with a friend while she tried to secure a new job and once again get back on her feet. Jim's health had declined, and he was on dialysis. He had moved in with his parents so they could help care for him. So Kayla moved in with her dad and grandparents. Things were cramped, with all of them under one roof. But everyone was so happy to be back together again that it didn't matter. Kayla and Jimmy were Jim's world. He was so happy to be able to spend time with them. There were a few weeks of summer left and Kayla planned to soak up every moment and catch up on lost time with her friends. According to Stories of the Unsolved, on August 9, 2009, Kayla told her mom she was going to stay with her friend Tasha. Kayla and Tasha had been friends for years, so Hope didn't worry too much about it. She didn't know that the girls were keeping a secret. Well, actually, several secrets. Kayla's plan was never to spend the night at Tasha's. Instead, she and Tasha had plans to go to an outdoor party with some local boys. And the girls did just that. But the next morning, August 10th, when the girls didn't return to Tasha's house, Tasha's mom began to worry just a bit. So she called Hope, and after the two talked, they thought the girls were probably fine and just forgot to call. Neither one of the girls had cell phones of their own, so the two moms expected that they'd hear from them as soon as they had access to a phone, or they'd just turn up. But the hours ticked on with no word from the two girls. Their mothers grew increasingly worried. It wasn't like them to not check in and let someone know that they were safe. So they headed to the police station to report their daughters missing. But before the report could be filed, while they were still sitting at the police station, they got word that the girls were safe. Both girls got a good ash chewing for making their moms worry, but everyone was so relieved that they were safe. According to an episode of Disappeared on ID Channel titled The Last Summer, highlighting Kayla's case, just before that move to Texas, Hope and Kayla had already had this conversation about Kayla keeping her informed of where she was and who she was with, because Hope had found out that Kayla had been skipping school and experimenting with weed and alcohol, and that she had been going to parties 35 miles away in Wausau with older friends. Kayla had met her friend Megan just two years earlier. Megan had a group of friends in Wausau. Megan introduced her Antigo friends to those in Wausau, and the groups hit it off. And while Wausau might have only been a 35-mile drive from Antigo, it was a whole world away. For a girl raised in little Antigo, Wausau was huge. Bright lights and big city. It was exciting. 
Parties in Wausau were the highlight of every weekend among Kayla and her friends. The booze flowed freely, despite the fact that these girls were in their early teens. They could drink, smoke weed, and party in Wausau. And their parents would be none the wiser. They would lie and say they were staying over at each other's houses and then catch a ride with an older friend down to Wausau. I mean, I think most of us played that game a time or two in our teens, or is it just me? Kayla had confessed all this to her mother prior to that move to Texas. So naturally, while Hope was relieved that her daughter was safe, she was upset that Kayla failed to keep her informed of exactly where she was at. Kayla came clean again and said she was in Wausau the previous Friday to see friends, but she had been in Antigua the night before at that outdoor party and had no way of calling. She promised her mom she would keep in contact and wouldn't let it happen again. The next day, on August 11, 2009, Kayla told her mom Hope that she was headed over to Tasha's, and she does exactly that. Kayla and Tasha hang out at her house, go to a local park, and then head back to Tasha's house. Tasha had just gotten a new job she was excited about. It was her first day, so the girls headed back from the park so she could get ready. Tasha left for work around 5 p.m., but Kayla stayed at Tasha's. She wanted to hang out with her brother and her brother's older friend, Kevin. Kevin was 24 years old at the time. He was a close friend to the family, especially close with Jimmy. He had eaten dinners and spent a good amount of time at the family home, and he frequently gave Kayla rides when she needed them. Kevin and Kayla made plans to hang out later that night, but she headed off to see her dad. At 8.45 p.m., she called Kevin to come pick her up. He arrived just a few minutes later. Kayla hollered goodbye to her dad as she ran out the door and hopped into Kevin's car. That was the last time her father would hear her voice. Something happened that night and Kayla vanished, never to walk through the doors of her grandparents' home to see her dad or embrace her mother again. But due to miscommunication, it would be six long days before Kayla Berg was reported missing. Captain Dan Dooley spoke with Investigate Discovery on that episode of Disappeared and revealed much of the timeline. When Jim awoke the next morning and realized Kayla wasn't home, he called the last person he knew Kayla to be with, Kevin Kielczewski. He asked where Kayla was, and Kevin told him that he didn't exactly know. After hanging out for a little while, he had dropped her off at a friend's house. So Jim assumed she was still at her friend's house, or maybe she decided to go and stay with her mom. He figured she'd call soon and everything would be fine, like it had been just days prior. One day passed. Kayla's mom Hope hadn't heard from her daughter since the 11th, so she called Jim the next day. He informed her that Kayla didn't come home and he hadn't heard from her. He told her about what Kevin had said. Two days passed. And the next day, Hope still hasn't heard from her daughter. She should have heard something by now. She called Kevin multiple times, but he didn't answer the phone or respond to messages. Panic began to set in. Hope began calling all of Kayla's friends to see if they knew where Kayla could be or if they had heard from her. She reached Kayla's friend Beth and learned something new. Beth told her the last time she had seen Kayla was on the 11th. It was about 9.30 p.m. when Kayla had showed up to the McDonald's she worked at. 
She was there with Kevin. And while Kayla came in and chatted with her for a few moments, Kevin stayed in the car. Beth told Kayla's mother that Kayla had let her in on a little secret. Kevin had a welcome home gift for her, but she didn't elaborate on what this welcome home gift was. Kayla told Beth she was riding around and hanging out with Kevin, and they were going to smoke some weed. She also told Beth she would call her later, but Beth had never received that call. Three days passed. There's finally good news on the fourth day. Kayla's brother Jimmy had heard that she was staying with a friend, and this just so happened to be a friend that no one in the family had made contact with. Everyone breathed a sigh of relief. Kayla would probably be grounded for life when she got home, but maybe, just maybe, she was just at a friend's house and she was okay. Four days passed. But the following day, Jimmy found out that this information was completely false. That friend hadn't seen Kayla and was not with her. But Hope finally got a response from Kevin. He sent a text claiming that he had dropped Kayla off at her ex-boyfriend Miguel's house in Wausau. This was a bit confusing. Hope knew Kayla was previously in a relationship with 19-year-old Miguel, but Kayla had said that that relationship was over. Miguel and his older brothers were the ones who threw those house parties in Wausau, and Kayla had been there that previous Friday. So maybe that's where she was. Hope pressed Kevin for details. What was she wearing, and where exactly did you drop her off? According to Hope, as reported on that episode of Disappeared, Kevin said he didn't know what she was wearing, and he didn't exactly remember where he had dropped her off, because there were a lot of one-way streets in Wausau. Hope called Miguel. She was able to reach him right away. He told her Kayla was not at his house on the night of August 11th, and he hadn't seen or even talked to her. Five days passed. On Monday, August 17, 2009, Hope drove down to the Antigua Police Department to report Kayla missing for the second time. Six days had passed since anyone had laid eyes on 15-year-old Kayla. And while initially police reported Kayla as a runaway, three days after the initial missing persons report, Kayla's status was upgraded to endangered missing. The last known person to see Kayla Berg was Kevin Kielczewski, but he insisted that he didn't know where she was now and he had taken her to where she wanted to go, at her direction. But Kevin apparently had an epiphany, and although he told Hope earlier, he didn't remember where he had taken Kayla because... He was confused with all of those one-way streets. He told investigators he had taken her to Miguel's house. Kevin claimed it was the house across the street from Colonial Manor Nursing Home. According to stories of the unsolved, he had dropped her off at that home around 10.30 p.m. The house was dark and it looked like no one was home. He then went back to his house in Deerfield and he had an alibi, his mother. Kevin's mother reported to police that her son was home around midnight that night. But that didn't make any sense, because that home, the one Kevin claimed he dropped Kayla off at, had been condemned due to a water issue, and Miguel had moved out. And not only had Miguel moved out, so had everyone else that lived there, and the city had secured the house. According to Kayla's friends, this was something she was well aware of. Remember, Kayla had seen Miguel when she got back into town, but it wasn't at some condemned house. She went to see him at his new house. 
So why would Kayla tell Kevin to take her to a house she knew Miguel no longer lived at? Would she? And what was this welcome home gift? With the investigator's eyes seemingly on Kevin and the pressure mounting, he lawyered up. So the police went to Miguel, and he told them that he had not seen Kayla on August 11th. In fact, the last time he had seen her was that Friday before she had gone missing. A search was conducted at a condemned home as well as the one he was currently living in, and nothing was found to suggest Kayla had been in either place. In fact, when it came to the condemned home, it appeared no one had recently been inside. A few days ticked on, and then on August 26, 2009, according to WAOW, there was a possible sighting of Kayla getting into a truck at the Walmart in Antigo. But after a closer view of the surveillance footage and a chat with the driver of the truck, it was determined that this wasn't Kayla. Unfortunately, this wasn't the last false sighting of the 15-year-old. Police Chief Eric Roller spoke to WAOW. We're following up on everything we can. A lot of it has been she's been here or there. The problem was they hadn't been able to confirm any of those tips. The man who saw Kayla last dropped her off at this abandoned home. He says he never saw her go in. The person she was meeting says he wasn't there. Roller went on further to say, To this day, that's all we really do know. We do feel that there is some deception there, and they may know more about it. Again, it's nothing concrete, but it is a lead that we want to go on, he said. In September of 2009, investigators searched across the street from the vacant house. The area was searched with cadaver dogs, and they hid at a nearby pond. Dive teams were brought in, but nothing was found, according to that episode of Disappeared. On August 26, 2009, according to WSAW, Kevin Kielczewski was arrested and charged with second-degree recklessly endangering safety. I mean, he was 24 years old at the time, driving a 15-year-old around and smoking pot with her. With Kevin in custody, Antigo police took the opportunity to do a little forensic investigating. They processed Kevin's car for evidence. Spots of interest were located using luminol. Areas of interest were processed and sent to the state crime lab for testing. And while the police were waiting on results from Kevin's vehicle, they also examined Miguel's vehicle, where again, areas of interest were located with luminol. Samples were taken and sent off as well. But just weeks later, the test results were in, and police revealed the results from both cars were negative, but they wouldn't elaborate further. In December of 2009, Officer Karen Corcoran of the Madison Police Department was called in to conduct a sweep of vehicles utilizing cadaver dogs. Police set up the line of vehicles, including Kevin's and Miguel's. Officer Corcoran wasn't aware of which vehicles were of interest in Kayla's case, as not to lead the dogs in any direction, subconsciously or otherwise. The dogs made a clear indication of the presence of human composition on Kevin Kielczewski's vehicle. Investigators started to subpoena cell phone records of friends and family, Kevin and Miguel included, looking for any clues that might lead them to Kayla's whereabouts. And they found something interesting. 
According to Investigate Discovery, Kevin's cell phone activity confirmed calls between he and Kayla leading up to when he picked her up at her father's. But all activity ceased around 9 p.m. when Kevin's phone either died or was shut off. Kevin's phone wasn't used again until 2 p.m. the following day. And while that seems hella suspicious, it had happened before. After further reviewing Kevin's phone records, police determined that he had a habit of either switching his phone off or it dying. There were frequent periods of no cell activity on his phone. Miguel's phone records matched what he had told investigators. He hadn't spoken to Kayla that night, at least on that phone. But police found a second old cell phone belonging to Miguel that he hadn't exactly been forthcoming about. And in the early morning hours of August 12th, there were two short calls made from that second mystery phone, one at 1.12 a.m. and again at 2.25 a.m. Each call only lasted a few seconds. According to Stories of the Unsolved, that old cell phone had pinged off a tower in Lincoln County, about 40 miles north of Wausau, on the night of Kayla's disappearance when those calls were made. Police searched the area but found nothing. After the discovery of those calls, police wanted to talk to Miguel again, but he was having none of that and refused to come back in and talk because he claimed that he felt harassed by police and Kayla's family. What was he doing in Lincoln County that night? And why two phones? On March 29, 2010, Antigo police called in the National Guard. They searched using thermal imaging and flying over areas of interest. Over a dozen lots, wooded areas, and areas of interest were searched. Officer Corcoran came back down from Madison with her dogs, and they were brought along for the searches. And during those searches, the dogs signaled twice, once on a property and again at a potato farm. Both of these locations had something, or shall we say someone in common. Kevin Kilcheski. The first indication was at Kevin's parents' property where he lived, and the second was the potato farm he worked at. I think Officer Corcoran summed it up best when she spoke to investigate Discovery. To date, the only thing I can say is my dog continually says the odor of human remains is connected with one person of interest. According to the Charlie Project, in July of 2011, a judge dismissed Kevin's reckless endangerment charge due to lack of evidence. After all, he claimed all he did was drive Kayla where she wanted to go. Kevin has never been charged or named as an official suspect in Kayla's actual disappearance. He's also no longer cooperating with police on the investigation. The Antigo Police Department called in the FBI and Center for Missing and Exploited Children to help gain more information on the whereabouts of Kayla Berg. Her case was featured multiple times on America's Most Wanted. And tips came in from Texas, Florida, all over the United States, even some abroad. Investigators followed up on all of the leads, but each time they ended up right back where they started, no closer to finding Kayla. With no new leads, Kayla's story began to fade from the media. That was until October 8, 2016, when a YouTube video went viral. It flooded Reddit threads and Facebook feeds. Everyone was talking about it. 
According to Business Insider, a YouTube video was posted to the subreddit Unsolved Mysteries. The original video was posted by YouTube user Hi Walter, It's Me Patrick, and the video was titled Hi Walter, I Got a New GF Today. The scene opened with a dark-haired male wearing glasses. I'm going to guess Patrick, sitting and looking directly into the camera. He stated, Hi Walter, I was at the mall today and guess what happened? He then went on to describe meeting the most wonderful girl, going shopping with her and buying her jewelry. He said she picked out the most amazing necklace I've ever seen and I know she wanted me to buy it for her because she kept on looking at me and giving me that look. You know the look. He went on to talk about how they had left the mall and he had brought her back to his place. He continued, I know she hates cameras, Walter, but I'm going to show you her anyway. You ready? He then turned the camera, walked over to a room in what appeared to be a basement, and opened the door. In the room, there was a young, dark-haired girl bound and on her knees. She was crying and screaming, even stating at one point, Why are you doing this? Patrick then closed the door, and the video cut off. The girl in the video had a striking resemblance to Kayla Burke, even down to the clothing she was wearing. Antigo police released a statement. They were aware of the video, and while it had gone viral in 2016, it was originally uploaded in October of 2009, just months after Kayla's disappearance. They assured the public it would be thoroughly investigated. Kayla's mother, Hope, spoke to WAOW-TV in Wausau and said, It sounded like her, looked like her. It gave me chills. Disturbing. It made me sick to my stomach. Antigo police made good on that promise to thoroughly investigate and just three days later made another announcement. The video was 100% fake. There was no woman bound in a basement. Patrick and the young woman were both actors. Antigo police had identified the cameraman, producer, actor, and actress in the video and emphasized that the video had absolutely no connection to Kayla Berg's disappearance. And I just want to stop right here for a moment. This is something the families of missing persons deal with every single day. A roller coaster ride from hell that there's no way off of. Every time a new lead comes in or there's a sighting, excitement starts to build that maybe their loved one is coming home. But each time that lead falls through or the sighting turns out to be a fake, the rug is ripped right out from underneath them all over again, and they are no closer than when they began. Kayla Berg's family is no different. They just want their girl back, and they've done everything in their power to try and make that happen. According to CBS 58, on March 17, 2017, Carl's Transport unveiled a 53-foot trailer with Kayla's photo and information displayed on it. The trailer would be traveling the country as part of Carl's Transport's fleet of trucks. The company makes deliveries all over the United States. Graphics manager at Carl's Transport, Stacy Keeley, spoke to CBS. Something like this kind of gives hope back to the community. Because she wasn't just taken from her family, she was taken from the community. According to the Wausau Daily Herald, a two-day search was conducted on October 21st and 22nd of 2019. 
Sheriff's deputies from surrounding counties, police dogs, and groups with canines scoured an 11-square-mile area of the Nicolette National Forest in Langley County. Antigo Police Captain Daniel Dooley told the outlet that the search was based on new information that has been gathered throughout the investigation of Kayla's disappearance. He wouldn't elaborate on exactly what the new information was. But again, nothing was found in relation to Kayla. Captain Dooley went on to say, Police will continue to tirelessly work on the Kayla Berg case until it is resolved. The Antigo Police Department, Kayla's family, and the community haven't given up in their search for answers in Kayla's disappearance. They won't stop until they bring her home. Her mother, Hope, also spoke to the Wausau Daily Herald. We still don't know what happened to her, but somebody knows something, and I just wish that person would come forward. I'll never give up. I'll always keep searching, she said. Kayla's father, Jim, lost his battle with cancer in 2011, never knowing what happened to his daughter. Kayla Berg was just 15 years old at the time of her disappearance, a bright and bubbly girl who loved her family and friends, a gymnast with such a bright future ahead of her. Kayla is a white female, 5 foot 2, 108 pounds. She was last seen wearing a red spaghetti strap top, a dark blue hooded sweatshirt, blue jeans, tan low-heeled sandals, and a silver ring necklace. She has brown hair and brown eyes. A scar on her right shin and small chicken pox scars on her right cheek and the right side of her nose. She has abdominal scars from laparoscopic surgery and her appendix has been removed. Her navel is pierced and her ears are double pierced. She goes by the nickname KK. Someone knows something. If you have any information on the disappearance of Kayla Mayberg, please contact the Antigo Police Department at 715-627-6411 or your local FBI office. The FBI is offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the individual or individuals responsible for Kayla's disappearance. Kayla deserves justice and her family deserves answers. It's been far too long. You can find more information on Kayla's case on my Facebook at least of these or on my Instagram at least underscore of these. New episodes drop every Thursday, so make sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. 
First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. 